This is but one of a thousand true crimes. Welcome back to A Thousand True Crimes. How's it going? Um, Girl. It's going. Sleep deprived but alive. I feel like that's <laughs> probably a lot of people. It's just once you once you like get out of, I don't know, I guess like once you have to become a real adult, just you're just tired. There's just no rest. There's just no rest. Unless you're like a trust fund baby and like you don't have to work, then. Wouldn't that be nice? It would be nice. Wouldn't it be nice? I know. Don't sing songs. We don't have money for that. That was short enough. That was short enough. (laughs) (laughs) Well, again, welcome back, everybody. We hope you guys are doing good and sticking with us as you know we try to navigate a whole new world for joe um figuring it out one step at a time that's right so let's just how you doing how's your week going i see you in Um, one week so that's like a positive i know and we saw each other last week although Mm -hmm. we're not going to talk about that because i officially (laughs) disgraced myself in wilmington north carolina in the words of katie our friend, you can never present yourself in Wilmington, <laughs> North Carolina, ever again. At least not the downtown por- portion of it. Oh, my God. Listen, just don't give sad women shots. That's all I'm going to say. Just don't do it. It's not going to work out well. Weren't you trying to get shots? Like, weren't you pushing for the shots at some point? No, everyone was telling me to take oh. shots to cheer up. And I was like, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, I'm going to take no. some shots. No, no, I should not have taken. You should have stuck with your wine. You would have been fine. Water. Wine and water. water. The two best W's in the world. Yeah. Um, Watermelon's a hard number three. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, I'm excited. This week has been easy because it was a short week anyways, because mm-hmm. my nanny family was off on Monday and then they like had a surprise. They gave me like a surprise day off on Tuesday. So it's really just Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. But damn, if I cannot like... This week's sleep has been um, challenging, so I'm just exhausted. I'm ready for the weekend, and I'm ready to sleep a bunch. Um, but how has your week been? Same old, same old. I have a 22-month-old dictator that tells me when to get up, when I can yep. do anything in my life. And currently, yep. I'm watching the tropical storm Elsa roll in. Is it? How's it over she- there? She's passed through. She was here, like, super strong and heavy. She's now making her way towards y'all. Mm, great. Cool. So tonight's going to be fun. Um, <laughs> well, it's a good thing I'm drinking my Sauvignon Blanc now. That <gasps> way I can hopefully just, ah. I'm telling you, I'm rubbing off on you. That Sauvignon Blanc is, like. I will I will let you know. I do keep Vizzies. Mm. It's, like, a staple now. Girl, one of my new neighbors, she we had like a block party a couple weeks ago, right when she moved in and I showed her, I was like, have you ever had one of these Vizzies? Cause she was bringing the typical, you know, white claw and all truly and everything. And she's like, no, what is it? So I gave her one and then I saw her July 4th and guess what she only brought with her? Vizzies. Yes. So Vizzy, if you're out there, 
sponsor us. I love hey, you. I've gotten you two you new people. Oh <laughs> yeah. Okay. AJ. All right. Well, on that note, I'm glad your cat is not stuck in a tree, even though you might have gotten some hot firefighters. Um, are you ready to get into this week's case? Probably not, but... Okay. I don't know if you heard of it, but we're staying local. It is about the Below murders. I have not. Okay. All right. Well... Below? Below. B-E-L-O. Okay. Murders. All right. Okay. At 6.15 p.m. on Sunday, June 6th, 1993, in Windsor, North Carolina, a customer who was shopping at the local grocery store, Below, would duct tape and kill six victims. Oh, God. He would, yeah. He took them to the back of the store where he forced the six to bind each other with either duct tape or dog leashes that were found in the store. The attacker would then stack them into three piles, two per pile, where he would shoot into the piles, killing three, wounding a fourth victim, stabbing the fifth, and leaving the sixth victim unharmed. Okay. The murders remain unsolved. Here we fucking go. Jesus Christ. You haven't heard of I've Okay. Also, um, a lot of the information I got was from news articles, as well as they're on YouTube by Trace Evidence podcast they did a youtube video and it's and um, that's where i got a lot of the information because there really isn't that much information out there Mm. um so if you want a more deep dive definitely trace evidence is a great great uh uh, what's the word resource thank you it's a hard day yeah i'm there with you girl freaking elsa okay freaking elsa (laughs) let it go elsa um (laughs) At the time of the murders, Windsor, North Carolina. Sorry, I have to burp. <laughs> Classy. Population, Classy. I know. I know. Had a population of 2,400. And it is located in the northeast part of North Carolina. Windsor is the center of commerce for the surrounding farming communities. In 2019, the population was 3,457. So not a big town. No, and still not, yeah. Yeah, it's still not a big town. So this was a typical Sunday in 1993. It was pretty quiet towards the end of the day. And by 5 p.m., it was mostly just the employees at the below getting ready to close down. So you have to remember, like, this is a very small southern town. So by, like, Friday evenings, everyone's home with their families. Yeah, yeah. Like, after church, you're home. Yep. Um... The night, however, that, sorry, that night, however, there was a cleaning crew coming in to strip down the floors and do a new polish. Okay. <laughs> We're really struggling today. Bless you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the below closed at 6 p.m., and the closing manager started to lock up the store as the last customers left. After the manager locked the doors and started to move towards the back of the store to check everything, an unidentified man who had been hiding in the store came up to the manager holding a 45 caliber pistol. Oh no. The man then took the closing store manager back to the front of the store where he made the manager and another employee give him $3,000. Oh no. The suspect rounded up the six people that were still in the store and led them to the back of the store 
by the meat department. Okay. So it seems like, again, this, this case, there's not a lot of evidence at all. Mm. So, well, we'll get more into it, but there's no like really eyewitnesses. This is 1993. So there's no video. Mm. Um, but it seems like the suspect was very familiar with the layout of the Mm. store. Mm. And it is suggested that he had been watching the cleaning crew come into the store because when he had rounded up everybody, he asked where the last member of the crew was. Mm. So he knew how many people were in that store. Yeah. Ooh. The suspect was calm during all of this and he was at ease. It was almost like he had done this before or at least practiced enough to where he felt comfortable with what he was doing. Mm. The suspect told them that he was a former police officer and he had been fired and had nothing to lose. What? According to the witnesses, he said that he was fired because of a drug deal that had gone bad. Okay. After the victims were bound and put into piles right before he started to shoot into the piles, he said something along the lines of, I hope God will forgive me for what I'm about to do. Mm. No. 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 God is like, "Mm, no, no, no. That's not not how that works. Not how that works. The suspect then shoots the victims that were on top of the pile but when he went to shoot the fourth victim, because remember, there's two, there's three piles of two. two. Two stacks, or yeah, three stacks of two. Three stacks of two. So he went and he shot each one on the top. And then when he went to go shoot the first one on the bottom in the rows, mm-hmm. his gun, either his gun jammed or he ran out of ammo. Okay. Um, it must have jammed. I mean, nobody has three bullets in their gun. Yeah, it yeah, and for him to be this like, like planning and coordinating mm-hmm. and like at ease, you would think he would have enough. He'd been prepared, yeah. Yeah. Um. This did frustrate the suspect, so he then placed everyone back on the floor by rolling them onto their stomachs, and they were face down in puddles of blood. Mm. The Talk about suspect. some fucking trauma. Oh, I know, right? Talk about survivor's guilt. Ugh. Girl. Like, mm. Mm. The suspect leaves the room and ends up returning with a large butcher knife. Oh, no. Yeah. The suspect asked the fourth, he asked the fourth victim if he was going to tell the police about who did this. And the victim said no, but the suspect did not believe him and stabbed him in his back and throat. (laughs) Jasper Hardy Jr. was left unharmed and could not identify the man, but told reporters that the gunman told him, I'm going to let you live, big man. What? The other two victims who survived but had serious injuries were are Thomas E. Hardy, who was 48, and Sylvester Welch Jr., who was 40 at the time of the attack. They were both part of the cleaning crew. Hardy's throat had been slashed, and a butcher knife that the suspect had grabbed was broken off in his back. Oh, no. Welch was shot in the back and had managed to crawl to to the front of the store and call the police after the attacker left, because the blood had been able to weaken his bindings is how he was able to make the phone call. Oh, my God. Uh, what a fucking champ. I know, right? Good grief. 
Welch was shot in the back and he was able to drag himself to the front of the store, leaving behind him a thick trail of blood and was finally able to get his hands on a phone to call the police. Now, he was able to weaken his bindings because there was so much blood. Joyce Coburn, who was 36, was a cashier and worked at the BLO and was from Windsor, North Carolina, and was shot in the head and killed. Grover Lee Cecil Jr., who was 47 and the manager of the the closing manager of the store, and from Aiden, North Carolina, was also shot in the head and died. And another member of the cleaning crew, Johnny Rankins Jr., was 48 from Edison, Mississippi, was shot in the back and died from his injuries. I mean, these men are so grown like a lot of them probably left families behind yes Joyce was a mother um and then they didn't really I didn't see anything about the other two um but I'm assuming Mm. they had family yeah tragic after the attack the man that stole the 3,000 in cash and money order receipts took the money the knife used in the attack and the keys to the store in a plastic bag and left Mm. For three grand, Charles. So we'll get into some of the theories about it, okay. and we'll talk. We'll put a pin in that. We'll we'll, we'll come back to it. Okay. 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 Pin is put. Okay. The suspect was described as a black male with medium complexion and was between 30 to 35 at the time. He had a mil a military haircut, light brown slanted eyes, and his nose had a narrow bridge to to it like he had an injury to his nose at some point. Like he had been broken and fixed, yeah. Yeah, okay. and that description is actually from the North Carolina Bureau of Investigation yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And there's like a composite drawing of him. But, I mean, it's what he looked like when he was 30, 35 years old. Mm. So and who was, knows? that was, 30 years ago? Yeah, this was 93. Yeah. So he's probably, you know late 60s at this early to late 60s at this point somewhere assuming he's still alive assuming he's still alive and also like he could have been younger he just looked older or he could have been older but looks younger so who knows I know yeah who knows when the police arrived on scene it was one of the worst crime scenes that they had ever seen the Windsor police chief at the time Rodney Haggard was quoted saying I remember the smell of blood there is blood everywhere the police began to cover the scene and they take samples of blood, bullet casing, and trace evidence. Police also looked for fingerprints that were left at the scene in areas that might have that he might have hidden or items that he that had been out of place. The police were able to get fingerprints and they have been run through databases multiple times, but there has never been a hit. Mm. Um they found bloody shoe prints, and one of those sets was ruled out, but the other set has never been identified. I I know that it was the early 90s. Mm-hmm. But this was such a small town. Like, either he was, like, someone just randomly passing through, otherwise somebody would have figured it out. So, again, we'll put a that. pin in that. We'll, we'll get, get to, to the theories. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. But it is, like, they, they have evidence in also as we talk more about it it is kind of like a matter of time like the fingerprints get randomly sent through databases now mm-hmm. yep. multiple times yep. so it's kind of one of those things eventually and they do i believe they do have like d actual dna mm. okay so okay 
you know, and I mean, it's also six against one. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, was something else missing that they're so traumatized they didn't say, or was there more than one person? And it just, I don't know. They didn't, yeah. They, it was, they didn't see that person. I mean, yeah. 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 Because I mean, even if somebody had a gun, but there were six of us, I'd be like, yo, let's just bum rush him. I know. That's how you and But we me say are. that. I say that. But then, like, if we're in that situation, I'd probably be, like, in the corner crying. Like, I'm not going to risk it for the sake of my kid. I mean, I remember when 9-11 happened and they talked about how the cockpit was taken. And that was my first response, too, was, like, there's a whole plane full of people. Why is nobody taking this guy down? But, like, then you start thinking about in those moments – what if I'm the one who gets killed and my, like, yeah, everyone else might be okay, but my family is the one, like, it's just, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. To I don't know. If I was in a plane though, and I'm like, okay, these people obviously aren't just going to like Listen, land us nicely. Chelsea and I are the ones that you want in that plane. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm not, yeah. Like that's like either you're going to crash it and I die or I'm going to die taking you down. Right. And I mean, honestly, I don't have like any kids or family, so I'll go first. Don't worry. Okay, cool. Cause I was going to say, yeah, I'll and you're first. also taller than me. So I feel like you have a better, I can take more, more stats. You can take more. Yeah. 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 It'll be fine. So, It'll be fine. okay, good. I'm glad we have our plan. <laughs> so while it looks like a robbery, they really had nothing to go on. So another theory is that the murders were actually the main goal and the main crime, and the robbery was more like a cover-up to the real reason. Okay. When the police found out that he mentioned he was a former cop, in all points, Bullington was released, and within hours, the Windsor Police Department received lists of recently fired or retired police officers from more than 20 different police departments okay. around the country. Okay, okay, okay. People also believed he could have been in the military as well, but not everyone who worked on this case believed this. State Bureau of Investigation Special Agent Dwight Ransom was quoted saying, I don't think either scenario fits this man. It has always puzzled me that he only had one magazine for his pistol. A person trained, trained, yeah, right? A person trained in the military or as a police officer always carries more than one magazine. That leads me to believe he wasn't military or a police officer. And would certainly know, know how to keep their gun clean enough that it's not going to jam. Yeah. Or how to fix the jam. If, yeah, if it was a problem. Exactly. Yeah. All, all I do know is he is he. Oh, my gosh. All I do know is he is a cold-blooded killer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Valid point, sir. Valid point. Yep. Valid point. I agree with you. Also. So, end quote. Also, the gun that he used, the suspect used, was a was the forty five caliber. That isn't a common gun used by police officers. Okay. They usually have a nine or back then a thirty five. Okay. A thirty five seven. Okay. Three hundred fifty seven. Is that how you say it? I, who are you asking? I don't fucking know, but somebody out there, they all understand. If anyone knows anything about guns, they know. I should know. Where's your I husband? husband. <laughs> Where's your husband right now when we need him? <laughs> I know all his friends that like all if okay, none of them probably listen. But if they do, they're probably all like slapping their face right now, like what the hell, Chelsea? God damn it, Chelsea. <laughs> God damn it. 
shame. I think shame. it's a, I think it's a three fifty seven. That sounds like a thing. Oh, that makes sense. Three fifty seven. Okay. That's the thing I've heard people say. Yeah, probably. And watch, that's probably not it. But it, yeah, no, three fifty seven. That makes sense. Um, for the next four months, the police would focus on this theory that he was a fired police officer. The mention of the drug deal gone bad also made the police wonder if he was involved in the drug scene in Windsor at the time. There was also the Did theory that he wasn't... Did this town of 2,500 people have a drug scene? If you lived in a town with 2,500 people, you're telling me you would not be on drugs because you're that fucking bored? Yeah, valid point. She makes a good point, friends. She makes a good point. Okay. I've lived in small towns before. It's like every other person... It's insane. Okay, okay. Okay, that's a very exaggeration, I know. Okay, don't come at me. Yeah. I get it. We're speaking in hyperbole. Calm down. Yes. Remember, <laughs> couch investigators, not journalists. Um, there is also the theory that he wasn't from Windsor. <gasps> the hubby just got home. So we're going to keep going. There might be a little background noise, but it's fine. Moving on, moving on. There is also the theory that he wasn't from Windsor and was just passing through or lived in a nearby area, but didn't actually physically live in the town. See, that's my skepticism. Like, I don't... mm, Mm -hmm. I feel like if he lived there, 2,500 people, you would know somebody who knew him. Mm -hmm. And they have a real specific sketch. Like, it's not a subtle sketch of what he looks like. When police were canvassing the area, some witnesses did say they saw a white car with Maryland plates speeding out of town, taking U.S. Route 17 north, heading away from the scene, moments after the murders. Mm. The witness also said they saw two men in the car. Now, Maryland is only 250 miles north of Windsor. Yeah, it's driving. And the Windsor... Yeah, and the Windsor Police Department did notify Maryland to keep an eye out for anyone who matched the suspect's description. Okay, okay, okay. So Obviously, nothing months, came of that. Yeah, um, yeah. Three months after the Belo murders on September 20th, 1993, 100 miles to the west in Raleigh, North Carolina. It's in my backyard. Yep, two employees who worked at Food Lion had been shot and killed. Mm. No one survived, so there was no one who could describe the attacker. Now, the two employees had been taken to the rear of the store and shot with a low-caliber weapon, and that there was mo- and there was more likely than more than one perpetrator. Do, do we know how they were tied? So, yeah, and Trey's evidence goes more into it about that, and they, they do find out. Like, the perpetrator... So, essentially, the perpetrators had been in the store for about 30 to 40 minutes, so people start to wonder if this would be connected. Yeah. The police do look into this, but there wasn't a lot of similarities, and they were able to track down the two men who who committed the food line murders. Oh, okay. And from what I remember, I didn't write it down, but, like, from what I remember, I don't know if they were tied, um, but I think it was just, like, a robbery. But, again, like, trace evidence goes a little bit more into it. I didn't want to kind of, like, veer away from the Belo murders. Yeah, I wanted okay. to keep it very specific because it is still an unsolved crime. And it and was proven that it wasn't the same people. And it, so Yeah. Yeah. If you want to hear more about that, go listen over on yep. YouTube. So, investigators did have a name that kept coming up during their investigations. 
but he had a solid alibi, and even though his hairline matched the suspect, he did not match the updated sketch. Mm. Um, and they never released his name. Well, I mean, that, kind, I mean, that type just of haircut a, is yeah. such a common haircut. And if, like, they were able to prove that he had an alibi, I mean, I kind of... Yeah. What are you supposed and, to do? And protect his identity because in such a small town, people... People well, would make assumptions. Like, not even in a small town, but just in general, when people... With that gruesome of a crime, people want answers. Yeah. People want somebody to pay. Yep. So even though it's like, okay, you really physically could not have done this... People will believe stuff yep, just to make themselves feel better. Absolutely, yep. So not trying to ruin anybody's life. Yeah. So there are there are a couple of beliefs with investigators about who could have done this. First, it is believed that the suspect had been in the below store before and likely cased the location to prepare for the attack. So there are a couple of beliefs with investigators about who could have done this. So on that note, I need more wine. So quick wine break. All right, and check out a couple ads from our sponsors. Okay, first it is believed that the suspect had been in the below store before and likely cased the location to prepare for the attack. Mm. Investigators noticed that he was aware of knives in the back of the store in the employee area and that he had entered the store before closing and chose a pre-selected hiding spot which kept him hidden from security mirrors in the store. They also do not believe that this was his first violent crime. Yeah, right? Yeah. No. The, I mean, that's, that would be an extreme. Ex- yeah. Like, that's a huge, like, that's a huge escalation. Right? Like, you, you got to work up to that shit. And then the stabbings. I mean, if it was just shootings, like, I could almost see that, that w- it's more instantaneous. So you don't have to think about it. But then he went and specifically got a knife, stabbed someone, and broke the knife and left it there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Due to how violent the crime was, it is very unlikely that he this was his first time. It is also believed that the murders were his primary motivation, with the robbery being the second secondary motivation. So, what is what is the motivate? Is it just uh, they're just a serial killer and they were looking to murder people? That's why they think that. Well, I don't think he would be considered a serial killer. Maybe a no, a spree killer. And that he just wanted to murder random people? Or is there somebody who was murdered as a part of it that they were like, well, this person is connected to something and that's why they were murdered? So there's really not that many theories. They don't know. There's like two they theories. They just don't know. Got it. Yeah. The first one argues that the crime was committed at random and that the killer had chosen the store for an unknown reason. Mm. He then cased the store and planned the attack, but he had no connection to the store or the town or any of the victims. And he would leave the area and never return. Mm. The second theory is that the suspect selected this location not because it was a below store or the location, but he selected it around someone who was certain to be in the store that night. Mm. And one of the victims was his target. Mm. With this theory, it is believed he lived or still does live Near or in Windsor. No, I, I just don't buy that. I just don't buy that. Someone would hear something from someone. So I so I don't believe that this was a... One, I do agree that the murder was the main crime. Not 
not, not the a robbery. Not the three thousand dollars. No. Three thousand dollars even back then that's not that much. No, but think about it. Like that is a lot of work for three thousand dollars. Yeah. To do that. All all he had to do was just tie them up, put them in the piles and leave. Right. And he could have taken the money. Grab and the plastic the bag the and go. Yep. 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 And the fact that he decided, okay, I'm going to now murder these people. And then he went to, he, once his gun jammed, he also did he not take the and money got, and run. He yeah. went and got a knife. Yeah. And he mm. deliberately shot into the piles. Mm. Yeah, I just don't buy I it. Also, I also don't believe that the murders were random. I don't think he just picked the story. Like, he woke up today and said, this is the day I'm going to murder people. I think that one of the victims is connected to him. Do you think it's possible that this is? Because we know there are several serial killers. What is the the statistic? There's like, like twelve serial killers always ho- operating in America that we just don't know about yet. I don't remember. Don't quote me on that. But like, he could also just There's be a, a serial killer who's going from random town to random town, holding up grocery stores. Yeah, but there's. N- but there's no other like grocery store murders or retail murders that follow the same MO. Valid, yeah, it's a valid point. And like they're so typically those kind of people, they have a pattern and it's just very rarely do you find ones that switch it up every time. And at this point, if he was a if he was an active serial killer, he wouldn't have stopped. He wouldn't have stopped. And the only way he would stop is if, if he was in jail. But then they would have had to take his DNA, yep. and, and his it would have come through. Yep. So mm. I—that's why I think is that the locate the Below store one was of the victims selected is connected to him because somehow. one of the victims is somehow connected to him, and the others died. Because he ha- he didn't have like I mean I don't it know makes like me wonder about you remember how you said that there was that what last cleaner and he was like where's that mm-hmm. person that or I also wonder if he killed the three victims just because he like the first three that just on top or shot at the first three on top because he wanted to like cause the fourth victim more trauma before he died because the fact that like think about it you shoot three people your gun jams but you're really here just to rob the damn store you leave right and leave then you're probably gonna be like well (laughs) you're three lucky day like i'm out the fact that he felt confident enough to go out grab a butcher knife and then Stab is so personal. It does feel, yeah, it does feel very personal. That's all. Yeah. Hmm. And um, I think he died, right? Yeah, you said he died. He was stabbed in the chest and the neck. And then the, yeah. the next one, the other two didn't die because the knife broke off inside of one of them. Yeah, so he didn't die. He would have said something though, right? No, because yeah, there were four people no, no, murdered, no. two people survived. No. Three people were murdered and three people survived. Yeah. Then, yeah, he must have survived because the Either three the people who jammed. got shot in the head were the ones who died. Okay. Yeah. He's, okay. So, yeah. So, he he survived. But the trauma surrounding that, 
maybe he didn't know, like maybe like he was, like the person that did the crime was hired maybe, maybe, to commit the crime. Maybe, maybe. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Wild. So, I mean, there's, it's wild, but I do think that they're, they're connected. I don't think it was just, he was driving down the highway and saw Bilo in Windsor, North Carolina no. and was like, cool, this is what certainly I'm going to do not. today. Yeah, certainly not. It was not just a random free kill. Definitely not. And I do think he could be in the area because of how long it has been since the crime. You really and think in a might, town that small nobody would have said something? He might live nearby. He could have left and then come back. Okay. Okay. And that's up in, um, that's like the mountain area, if anyone is unfamiliar with North Carolina. You said Northwest North Carolina? Yes. Um. And, I mean, definitely there's, like, it's very easy. Northeast. Northeast. I don't know, though, because those towns are all close together and very interconnected. Yeah, but, I mean, think about if he left for 30-something years or 20-something years and then came back. Okay, yeah, if he left for that long. Okay, yeah. I could see that. Yeah, I don't think he stayed in Windsor. I don't think he was, like, hanging out, like, oh, let me see what's going on. Okay. I think he got out of Dodge, but I think, like, I could, I wouldn't be surprised if he came back. Mm. God, maybe, like, rot in hell, dude. I know, it's crazy. It's nuts. So, it's been over 30 years, and even though they have found the fingerprints, the shoe prints, and DNA, again, it remains unsolved. He's never been found. The FBI did help with the investigation at the time and had a profile put together a profile of the killer. It is believed the suspect has likely told someone about this crime and it was most likely a woman. There is a $30,000 reward and if you have any information about this case, please call either the Windsor Police Department at 252-794-3111 or the North Carolina State Bureau of Investigation at uh, 800-334-3000. Yeah, and that like, is the Belo murders. Can we lock this guy up, please? It just blows my mind that he hasn't been found. It's like, they have so evidence. Strange. They have it. Yeah. And the boot prints. And they, there was no... I mean, and again, I mean, it's near... He could have driven to the ocean and thrown him in the ocean. And I suppose that's about as lost as you can make something. But like, they, but you can't throw away your fingerprints and you can't found, throw away right, so he never, your DNA. In theory, right? Theoretically, he never committed another crime that he was caught for ever mm-hmm. again since then. Mm-hmm. I and, could and see d- the argument for this being a professional. That's what I'm saying. Mm. Or uh. it was a very, it, or it was a one-time thing. And I don't think it was for $3,000. Right. A one-time I think it thing. Was very personal. One of those victims yep. was one of those six was a, was targeted. For and the others were just the casualties. Mm-hmm. Damn, we need more information on this case. There, so they're really like when I Google, I've heard this like I think a couple podcasts have done it. I've heard it before, but like there's really nothing out there. Because there's really I nothing out there. It's all in, the same information. I want to know what the I history find. of the victims is. You know, like what's they their story? Really, there's not a lot of information out on even the victims. What in the Hell. See, this shit gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. I don't when like it. When it's that, like... I don't like, like it. There's not a lot of information. 
and nobody all you has know, the answers. You could have passed. Yeah, there's no answers, and they're just kind of like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like until something hits, you know, maybe someone does an ancestry DNA test, and it says, oh, this is somehow related to this person. That's I mean, a that's thing. how. Hello, Golden State. That's a thing. So that's a thing. who knows? It's crazy. But it's, it's crazy. Wow. It's crazy. Well, fuck this guy. Mm-hmm. May he rot. Maybe let's all just cross our fingers and hold our breath that he's already dead. Yeah. Or maybe he is in jail for something. I don't know. Who knows? No way. They would have done his fingerprints. I know. I don't know. They would have. And by now, they would have connected the dots. Maybe not then, but by now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like so, it. I don't like it. I don't like it either. But... Well, I know. I told you it was going to be a short one today. Um, how? So what's your weekly win? Let's leave on a positive. I mean, my weekly win is totally coming to Wilmington and surprising you for your birthday. She was so surprised, you guys. I was. I thought you were uh, like a hotel worker helping to set up the room. <laughs> Katie and I. It took me a second to realize like what was going on. Our, our friend who was also there. Yeah, we like... Oh, we weren't sure. They first of all, they gave us the wrong room to decorate because we were like gonna get there early and decorate, and then um, we realized they were having trouble getting in. So I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm just gonna open the door. So I opened the door, and I like stuck my head out. And I was like, Happy birthday! And she was like, <laughs> Thank you. And then she was like, Wait. <laughs> I was like, Oh, it's so nice that they got a hotel work like somebody from the hotel to to do the rooms, like especially during COVID time. And yeah, I was very shocked. I would have to say that's probably my weekly win too. That was a fun time. It was. It was a fun weekend. That baby free. That ended it was in a good time. Tragedy. It wasn't in a tragedy. It just ended the way that any white girl wasted night would end with tears. Oh, I blame the damn bartender. <laughs> Always blame it on the bartender. Always. Always blame it on Always her. blame it on the bartender. What's yours? Oh, well, yeah, that you said that too. So yeah. It was I'm going to cheat and say that was it. That's a good one. It was so fun. It really was. It was. It was a great time. Mm-hmm. Super great. Well, we can't wait for you guys to come back. Check out next week. And. Oh, yeah. Announcement. We are officially making our first announcement for anyone who is still listening. We probably should have done this at the beginning of the show, but um we are doing a giveaway with our first mm-hmm. merch so chelsea you want to give them a little bit of the spiel about what the giveaway is and then i'll go through the logistics of it all yeah so we haven't decided exactly but it's going to be a personal thousand true crime little giveaway um, our very and, first merch yes and all you have to do is leave a positive review, screenshot it, and send it to our DMs on either Instagram at a thousand true crimes podcast. Pod. Pod. I still don't know it. Um, <laughs> that's because Joe does everything and I just sit here. Um, so Doing a all the true research, crimes whatever. <laughs> or you can DM it to our Facebook at a thousand true crimes podcast podcast discussion group yes i'm getting there yeah i'm getting there so <laughs> it's fine leave us, um you can leave us a review you can do a follow or a subscribe take a screenshot that you've done it send us that and then we will um get in touch with you and we will send you some surprise merch yes we're super excited and yes positive vibes only 
<laughs> or, I mean, I guess if you want to throw some negative ones, that's fine. We'll still send you merch. I don't know. <laughs> but we're going to uh, bill you for the uh, stamps. Yep, yep. Then you you got to pay the freaking 50 cents. All right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, come. I don't. I don't know why I'm always so awkward saying goodbye. Um, just remember. Lock your doors. Get a dog. Yeah. And please don't fucking die. Okay. Please. Yeah. Let's let's <laughs> love to see another day. No. Let's, no more. No more. <laughs> no more. No more. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye, fam. Mm-hmm.